I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to uh, Behind the Gorilla, uh, episode two of season two, the revamped Behind the Gorilla. The eternal season, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. It'll be like uh, that second season of Batman from the 66 show, mm-hmm. where where the first season is like 24 episodes or whatever, and then the third season is like 24 episodes, and the second season is like 70. That's that's impressive for two reasons. One, I didn't know that, and two, you're already about to plug your second podcast. That is true. Which is I assume that is where true. you got that information from. And that's no, really that's not. That actually had like nothing that. to do with it. And then you, until you said that right there, I had no intention <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But yeah, if you uh, are really into Batman, check out my other podcast, the Uncaped Crusaders Review, with me and my friend Ian. That'll be, uh, we'll, we'll film, or not film, we'll <laughs> record uh, our new episode on Wednesday. And then I'm not, I haven't picked a day yet when that'll start dropping. But if you're into Batman and comics and that type of stuff, definitely uh, give that a listen. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Uncaped Review, or you can just go to my uh, the Behind the Gorilla Twitter page, and then you can find it from there pretty pretty easily. So um, now is this is this going to be like? I assume it's not just going to be like the Batman TV show or the animated. No, TV. it's just different stuff every week, right? Yeah, I mean, we had a pot. We did this back like two years ago. We had started, and we did like seven episodes seven or eight episodes but we did it on youtube because i did it through skype and i just recorded it um and uh so we we had a few and mostly reviewing movies that was most of what it is and then so that's i think what we're gonna start doing i think the format is gonna be we're gonna do something if there's a topical thing to talk about maybe do some of that analyze some of that kind of like what we do on this one and then Then we'll. I think we're gonna start from the very first Batman movie and just start going chronologically through every single Batman movie, live action and animated, and just see if nice. see how that works. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna talk about the Batman '66 movie, which was my introduction to Batman on uh, on Wednesday. So definitely give that a listen. Anyway, I am definitely cheap, gonna do cheap that. plug. Cheap plug. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, bringing it back. So we're we're back here, but before we get into the topic, we have okay. some big news because our patron saint David Arquette has followed the page on Twitter. <laughs> we did it. We're in. We're done. Thank you, everyone. It's been a good mm-hmm. run. We're we're hanging it up. <laughs> That's all we needed. That's all we needed. So, um, you know, David, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything you've done for this wonderful sport. Uh, you've brought us a lot of a lot of joy. That's for sure. The most joy we've ever had on this podcast was the Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Yeah, unexpected David Arquette. Nothing that's will top still, that. And I think always will be my favorite moment. Like that's and, the only episode of this podcast that generated the same emotions as like an actual run in. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I'm so mad because you got to experience that. I didn't get I know, to experience it. And I'll never, I'll probably never experience unexpected David Arquette ever, and and, and you got to do it, and I had I had to hear it from you and and live vicariously through you, and it, oh, it makes me so sad that I didn't get well, to experience I, that in full. I enjoyed getting to be the one to share that with you to sort of paint that picture. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, 
Go back and episode find the Judy four. Bagwell on a forklift match episode because, yeah, no, I'm pretty proud of that. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever encountered in wrestling. It was amazing. And it was a blast. Totally, and and literally served no purpose. They didn't even talk about it afterwards. Like like literally served no purpose. It was he came in out of nowhere, got yeah. blockbustered, and then got canyon cuttered, and that was it. But it it gives you this great like snapshot of WCW in 1999 where it was just like, yeah, David Arquette shows up. Well, that was in 2000. Like, not even that yeah. big of a deal. This this was 2000. This was Vince Russo. This was okay. th- this was a snapshot into Vince Russo's WCW. Right. But st- like, oh yeah, it's just David Arquette. He's here sometimes. I don't I don't know. Don't question it. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't question. That's no. Absolutely not. Anyway, so that that's a big deal, and you know we have we have our new logo, and David Arquette adorns the uh, right side of the bell. Yeah, I'm to, really excited about there. that. My uh, my buddy Ryan was working on it, and I was giving him some like rough idea, you know, of what we wanted to go with. And you know, like the gorilla and the title belt were ideas that we were kind of kicking around from the start. And he said, "Okay, well, do you want me to like put you and your co-host Mark? Do you want me to put your faces on it?" And I was like, eh, "I don't I don't know about that because it's not like." you know, we're really that recognizable or anything. Right. Want to put ourselves on our own podcast logo. We, can, I don't we know kind of avoid, way. we kind of avoid putting ourselves out there as far as pictures go. Look, I don't know why. I don't know why we do, but we honestly. just, we just do. So, but yeah, and then that was a brilliant idea. Yeah. So we have David Arquette's beautiful mug on our beautiful new logo. Thanks, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan Penrod. We're plugging his Instagram on our Twitter page. So, man, I might have to in that. Might, check him out. Support in front of the show. I might have Known to get for, in touch with him about our uh, my other podcast. Maybe coming up with a, oh, another design. Might have to do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, it's a great. It's great. It looks awesome. I was very happy with it. Yeah, and our main concern was, of course, like the, the other piece of direction I gave him was. All right, this is the uh, PWG logo, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. <laughs> Just, you can't make it look like that because that's the other wrestling gorilla in the room. So I still speak. thought we if we, we just ripped off. off the same logo, it would have been so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was our other plan. We're like, what if we just used their logo? <laughs> just change the letters. Would have It would have been great. It would have worked. It would have, but but it, it look this is even, this is so much better. It, it's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. And I am I I'm I'm definitely going to be making a T-shirt of that for me to wear around, one hundred percent. And I, I will send you one. Oh, beautiful! Mm-hmm. So we can we can rep that for sure. Yeah, I'm really. Excited that's how good that. the logo looks. I I love it. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff. So we can, uh, that was just a little bit of that. And, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and get into the topic. This time it was, yeah. uh, it was Harris's, Harris's choice. Yes. Now I am, uh, I know we don't do like current events anymore cause we just ramble on for, you know, hours and hours. And yeah. We talked about all in for like an hour and we, 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Which we're trying, you know, we're trying to avoid doing. And I know we gave, I don't, it was a lot last week, kind of catching up on All In and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was. All that to say, I'm pretty proud of the way I was able to tie a couple factors into what we talked about last week. And, like, the beauty of this episode, I think, is, you know, trying to trying to keep the episodes fresh for whenever you listen to them. There's always going to be moments where wrestlers are written off of TV 
and brought back in really disappointing fashion. Like I'm, I'm thinking specifically of Kevin Owens right now. But if you're mm. listening to this in three years, I'm sure you know somebody else just went on hiatus and came back with a dumb promo. And you know, you can think of countless examples of this happening. I think over the years, like the really famous one, of course, is is Punk, right? Winning the WWE title, quitting, leaving through the crowd, and he's back the next week on Raw, and it's just stupendously disappointing, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I think I may have found something a little bit worse because not only oh, I hope so. Not like it it doesn't. Not only does it undercut a great story and like take away a lot of satisfaction that the crowd could have in an angle, but it does it in a way that completely loses sight of wrestling at all. Like, think about it. At least when Punk comes back. He's coming back, he's got the title in hand, and he says, hey, John Cena, that title you have isn't the real title. This is the real title, and we're going to fight about it. And your reaction is, oh, well, this is kind of lame, but at least, yeah, we're back, you know, we're in a title program between CM Punk and John Cena, and that's a cool place to be, right? Of course. And this one, we kind of lose track of that a little bit. So I didn't intend to do this. I know we mentioned... uh, kind of wanting to dig a little deeper into the indies and stuff, get away from just ripping on WCW most of the time for these episodes. But we are going back to WCW this week, and this isn't WCW, like the David Arquette era that we know and sort of love, ironically. This is early, early WCW. This is WCW that is barely distinguishable from, like, the NWA. Okay, so we're going back to, like, late 80s. Uh, er, Well, not quite that early, I guess. Early 90s, early 90s. Right, so okay. it, it's maybe not quite then, but there's a lot of old school elements to this show. Like when I say early WCW, I'm just thinking like there isn't Vince Russo, there isn't a lot of like flashy, you know, RoboCop cameos. Which you're talking about like pre, episodes, you're talking pre Nitro, pre Hogan. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is when we're still having, you know, it, it looks like the Dusty's Gorilla kind of setting, where like a lot of the matches and promos I'm talking about here take place in a TV studio audience, and, like, there's some matches in bigger arenas, but this is not, like, all sizzle, no substance, late 90s WCW, right? For more information on that, go back to episode one, uh, Dusty's Gorilla. Yeah, 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 that's another good plug. But Dusty Rhodes, you know, this is how old school we are. Dusty Rhodes is the booker at this point for WCW. And they brought in a monster known as Vader, right? Big Van Vader, big, scary, scary man, just passed away a couple of months ago. My dad got to meet him. Sorry. Or I I got yelled at by him. Ah, beautiful. Yells at at small children. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he he about beat me up. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me because he was beating up just about everybody when he's introduced. And one of the people they set him up with is this guy by the name of Cactus Jack. Now, we know him better as Mick Foley today, but at the time, WCW was like the the promotion that he, like the big televised promotion. This is kind of where he started to make a national name for himself. He's been wrestling, you know, in the indies and stuff like that, and he's, you know, he's built up a pretty significant following, but he isn't the hardcore legend Mick Foley. Right now, he's just Cactus Jack, the guy who will take a lot of punishment. And that's how they book this story, and it makes a lot of sense. Like, you have this big monster invader and you have cactus jack who is almost just a glutton for punishment again he's not like 
the hardcore legend Mick Foley that we know him as today, but right. that is kind of his thing, that he will take a beating and keep getting up. And you have this series of matches where he and, you know, he and Vader face off, and basically, like, over the course of two or three matches, Vader just can't put him away. Like, he's managed by Harley Race, who, like, cheats to help him win a match. And then the second match, Cactus Jack wins by countout because he hits the elbow drop on Vader and, you know, just beats the 10 count back into the ring, wins by 10 count. But no, like, real decisive finish here as of yet, right? So we head into the third match, and right now, like, everything is cooking. Like, this is great that the angle makes a lot of sense. It's not for the title or anything at this point. Well, now it is. Now Vader holds the championship. Cactus Jack is gunning for it. We've seen that, like, he can't be stopped. He can't be put down. He's just going to take the worst beating you can give him and keep on trucking, right? And so this is a match where I think Cactus Jack, the performer, kind of started to, uh, I guess, surpass just like that of a character and became like, oh, my God, Mick Foley is actually a lunatic (laughs) in the minds of the fans. And he started to kind of build this reputation uh, because this is the match where he said, okay, here's what we should do. Um, we're going to have Vader, you know, knock me off TV with an injury. And that's, you know, that's been done in wrestling dozens of times, and I'm sure it will be done thousands of times But see, Mick Foley future, but... actually wanted to get injured. That's the yeah. difference. Because the guy yeah, was a and nut. You know, you know this story, I'm sure people listening do too. But he said, well, here's what we'll do. We'll just have him powerbond me onto the concrete floor for reals, like straight up, just mm-hmm. drop him right on his neck. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. I don't know what yep. the conversation was like, how much Vader thought that might not be a good idea, but that's exactly <laughs> how they did it. He knocks Cactus Jack out of the ring. Uh, Harley Race rolls up the foam pad that's sitting on the outside of the ring and gestures to it very dramatically, and Vader says, oh, yeah. Picks up Cactus Jack, powerbomb right on the back of his neck onto a concrete floor. And it's rough. And this is this is obviously not the story, because this is great. Oh, yeah. As a wrestling angle, as storytelling, as, you know, Mick Foley being an incredible performer, as Cactus Jack, this character, like, not giving up, not staying down, and doing whatever it takes to win the title, it is great. And the announcers sell it like absolute death. We were talking a little bit last week about, you know, the work shoot aspect of Cody Rhodes' match and All In and how the ref, you know, throws up the egg and they carry on. And that's, you know, that's fine. But, you know, we argued it was a little bit overcooked. This is not at all. Like the announcers go from, you know, upset but not cartoonishly over over the top upset to, you know, really very, like, somber and still. Like, Vader gets back in the ring, wins by countout immediately. Like, Mick Foley can't move. He doesn't even, like, get close. He doesn't no-sell this at all, probably because he actually got powerbombed onto the concrete floor. Mm -hmm. That that would do it. And, like, this is a stretcher job. You know, I feel like you see it kind of more now in wrestling just because they've run out of ideas to do. Yeah. You know, you see somebody get stretchered out, and you're like, oh, so he's going to come back later in the night, or right. you know, he'll come back tomorrow night on Raw, whatever. Now, with Mick Foley, like, when they stretcher him off, you kind of get the sense that he is 
actually dead. Well, like, well they one thing some too, really like, good reactions in the crowd, and it's not like little kids who are freaking out. It's like grown men. Well, and you're, like, I mean, oh, you're man, right Jackie with Jack the whole thing where that that's not really done. Like you're right with the whole thing where that wasn't done. Like ambulance yeah. weren't used. That that stuff wasn't wasn't used. I mean, you hear Eric, Eric Bischoff talk about bringing stuff like that onto Nitro because stuff like that wasn't really done. Like it yeah. wasn't it wasn't done. And that's like you can kind of tell again. This is really a excellent angle. Like just the the sense of gravitas they have, and like you're right, you just get the impression. This is not something most of the people in the fan base had ever seen before, and that's kind of really cool. Like, that's a fun, cutting-edge development in wrestling and storytelling when you're able to, like, make people feel something that they've never felt before or seen before. And now we, we seem to be set, right? Like, this is perfect. Mick Foley gets a little bit of time off, like, you know, to rehab his very real injuries, not just from the powerbomb, but other issues he'd been having. And in a few months, you know, he comes back, he's healthy, he's been cutting, you know, like, interviews this whole time about what Vader took away from him and what he wants to do to him, and then they have this great, like, triumphant return and a title program, right? Of course. That's where the episode really starts, because this is the part where the show kind of went off the rails. And I think it's an interesting moment, like, retroactively, because you can kind of start to see what... WCW would be known for unintentionally, but it went from this very gritty, like very serious and fun wrestling angle to something completely different. And yeah, I think again, it's kind of funny tying it back to last week. We talked about, you know, what a great job Cody Rhodes has done, what a natural storyteller he is and you know how cool that is to uh, continue his father's legacy basically. But this was a fun reminder to me that Dusty Rhodes did not always know exactly what he was doing as head booker. And the reason I say that is because he decided, um, well, this is how he put it in the interview that they did years later. He said, you know, I, I always wanted to make movies, like tell real stories. And I saw these, you know, these vignettes, these Cactus Jack, like rehab and comeback vignettes as a chance to really do that. And he says, like, I was going to build him up to be the working man, you know? Like, I want people to like and relate to Cactus Jack even more than they do right now. And I want to bring him back and just be the hardest, most humblest working man that there is. And he, he didn't let Mick Foley just cut promos. Like, my favorite wrestling promo of all time, and this is kind of getting in the weeds a little bit, but it's Kane Dewey. Which is, it's just, it's Mick Foley in a room, standing in front of like a banner for his promotion and just going. And in like seven minutes, he lays out, you know, who he is and what his motivations are and what he's going to do to this particular wrestler at this particular time. And it's this, it's, it's like a work of art because it's character driven, but it's so pro wrestling and it makes the angle so much more interesting. You can't wait to see. Mick Foley get his hands on this person, right? That is not what they do here. Um, what they decide to do is a series of, um, of, of light comedy vignettes where Cactus Jack has actually gotten amnesia from the power bomb, and he's, just, he's escaped the mental asylum, you guys. He escaped the insane institution. Golly gee, how are we going to find Cactus Jack? That, um, 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. That's the I, I can immediate see, I can, next step. I can see the, I can I see the booking meeting going later, now. It was a few weeks later. But the next we hear of Cactus Jack is not like lay it up in a hospital bed saying, man, it's the second I get better, I'm going to come get you. The, the next we hear of Cactus Jack is a woman, you know, with a microphone looking like a very professional news anchor saying, I'm Catherine White reporting for WCW, and I'm here at the hospital where Cactus Jack has been held. And you're already like, uh, oh, no. Oh, on, no. Sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, uh, why don't we just, okay. Since so when like, did he, WCW have escaping? reporters? To... When were there reporters for WCW? What, who are they reporting to? Why don't they just well, send Mean of, Gene out there? That implies that, like, they have her out in the field all the time. Now, right. I, don't, I don't watch a lot of 1993 WCW. I don't know if she was like Renee Young and had another job. I don't think so. Oh, man. Pretty sure she was just an actress that they hired for this. Oh, well, but, well yeah. Well, no, yeah, no, duh, of course, of course, but it's just like, I'm trying to think of where the thought process went with this. Like, it makes it sound like WCW is like an actual news organization, the way she says it. You know, sometimes she says reporting for the WCW, which I don't think works. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, maybe, okay, like, I think if they did something like this with Dean Ambrose, right? Like, oh, Dean Ambrose has gotten out of jail. He's left the hospital, and your first thought is like, oh, he's coming, right? Like, Cactus Jack escaped, and he's going after Vader. He's going to be, you know, crazy, half-broken Cactus Jack, but he's coming to get Vader. No, right. he's, he's missing for three weeks in a row, three different weeks of Catherine White running around an insane asylum interviewing crazy people. And you literally, he's not there. Like, it's just bad jokes. This whole segment has become bad jokes. She goes and she interviews this guy who's doing, like, his best Rain Man impression. That's the oh, only way I know how to gosh. describe it. And she's like, excuse me, do you know where Cactus Jack is? And he goes, yep. And she goes, well? And he says, no, no, not well. Very sick. And then just resumes like his knitting or whatever like weird tick he has, right? Because it's a mental institution, right? And that's funny. It's funny. And yeah, it that is. Was it. Like that's all you hear from Cactus Jack for another week. Tune in next week for more. For more. Well, I mean, I guess it keeps you tuning in. Maybe I don't, kind of. I don't. I don't know that it does. Because again, like in real life, like it would be one thing. I. You know, by definition, you can't have him, like, wrestling on the show while all this is happening. He's taking time off. But you can already, like, imagine him at home watching this and thinking, this is this what, isn't what helping. Are we, you what know, are we this doing? doesn't make people want to watch this wrestling feud anymore. We're already starting to lose track of that. And it gets worse because next week, again, Mick Foley is not anywhere to be seen. But Dusty has decided that, you know, again, the whole point here is to really build up Mick Foley as this common man, right? This man of the people. Right. So we better, um, we better you know, see his wife and his, his kid in this video. You know, like, oh, he needs to come home. He's got a family, right? Oh, my And gosh. he doesn't use Colette Foley, Mick Foley's real-life wife. He, he hires a woman to play Colette Foley because in his mind... Colette Foley's too hot, which, you know, she was a literal model. Which, I mean, to be fair, 
that that's I mean to be fair, yeah, it it would it would probably look a little weird. At least T you but, know, T V wise kayfabe wise. Right. No, I mean I, I get it, but I also think like if the plan is to cut really close to the bone of like real life and write him off T V with this real injury and like show people the real Mick Foley behind the cactus jack, then why not get it why not just do that? I feel like that would just add another like deeper level of resonance to this whole thing, but I like it's it's just weird in retrospect because they just get like the most like dumpy, honestly, redneck woman they possibly can with like this real <laughs> thick accent, you know, and she's yelling at Dewey, Dewey quit fighting with the cat. Like it's just it's weird. Like they aren't capitalizing oh, on any of the really interesting things in this story and they're just going full cartoon. And I think a lot of this is on Dusty Rhodes. I don't know how much, like, the owner of the promotion had a say in this. But I saw Dusty said in an interview that he was spending $100,000 a day shooting these vignettes because WCW had a good no. bit of money at the time, apparently. Like, no, he just didn't no, have a no, budget. No, 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 Yeah, oh. so we're already, like, I think Dusty's getting lost a little bit and thinking, oh, I can really, like, I can tell a powerful story on film. Dusty, Which come back. Which is not back. what Dusty Rhodes was ever meant to tell powerful come, stories. Come back, like, Dusty. Can... Come back. We, we, can't, we can't have that. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> so that's week two of the, uh, of the Cactus Jack Amnesia vignettes. And the next week, Catherine White, our intrepid reporter... <laughs> is out in the field, and she's wandering about the streets of Cleveland, which is where Cactus Jack has been rumored to be spotted, right? Hey, wait, what, what's, her, what's her name again, the reporter? Catherine White. She might be our other uh, patron saint. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm feeling. Another what? Our other patron saint. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. I, if she shows up again in two weeks, <laughs> then she absolutely will be. That's true. Well, I'll, we'll have to wait and see. So stick stick around. We might have some more Catherine White because right now this is this is a gold mine. So now she's she's asking around, and this is a weird moment of reality breaking into this ludicrously stupid wrestling storyline. She's walking around like approaching the homeless people in Cleveland, saying, "Have you seen Cactus Jack? Have you have you seen him? Have you heard of him?" And the first two guys she approached. <sighs> I don't even know if they're actors. Like, I, they must be. But the first thing they say is the first thing that any real person would say if asked that question, which is, what kind of name is Cactus Jack? <laughs> what are you talking about? And they just turn around and walk away. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, all right. Are we, like, are we back <laughs> a little bit? Like, are we going to acknowledge that this is a little bit insane? No, no, we're not. Because the next thing that happens is another homeless man right behind her says, is that the WCW wrestler that got injured? I'm already like, nope, we're already, we're, we're, we're back out now. We're back, we're back in fairytale land. You know, this homeless man wandering the streets of Cleveland is definitely keeping up with WCW programming, but like not in a way that he's immediately like, oh yeah, Cactus Jack, like he just read about it in the newspaper somewhere and only half knows about it. But anyway, he says, oh, yeah, I have seen Cactus Jack, and I'll take you to him next week. So tune in next week, kids, when Catherine White follows a homeless man <laughs> to go find Cactus Jack. It's been at least four weeks of this. 
if not more, I think it's probably been more. Okay, of, hang like, on. Since... Let, let, let's put this on pause for a second. We're, we're going to go back to kayfabe, okay? That's fair. That's fair. What, 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 is, what is the reasoning for, uh, for us to be able to follow her following this person a week later? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like wouldn't it be come with me right now? Does she go? No, Let wait. Me, um, I'll meet you here next week, and then we'll then then you can take me. L- well, like, so they, he's that's actually that's a fair point, which they do sort of try to address, which is they say, well, the, the guy says, oh, okay, well, give me your phone number, and if I find him again, I'll call you and tell you where he is. It's not oh, much. Oh, okay. Well, at least they at least they tried. I'll okay, give, well, now, but that. tell me if this makes sense, though. So the next week, we find Cactus Jack, and he's basically, he's, again, I, I think the idea here is, you know, Dusty's saying, I want to make him a common man. I want to make him someone, uh, someone people really look up to and want to see come back and do this, you know, thing against Vader. And the way we do that is um, we have him forget who he is, wander the streets of Cleveland, and then uh, start preaching basically like sort of a Jesus of Nazareth, John the Baptist figure, to a, uh, a dozen hobos who think he's a sailor. He's convinced that he's a sailor, and he doesn't know his name or where he's from, really, or who he really is. But we find Cactus Jack just giving out, like, real homespun sailor advice oh my. to the homeless men of Cincinnati. Oh, or Cleveland, right. rather. I, okay. Yeah. Now, I, I really wish I'd written some of this dialogue down so I could do it justice to you right now. Well, look it up and but then read it. I, I'm, I'm on my phone. I'm not going to look it up on my phone. Just look. I, I know, like, let me, like, for example, right? This is, this is our the, preparation uh, level, ladies and gentlemen. The home... <laughs> <laughs> so the first homeless man who has brought us the Cactus Jack, right? Right. Is very clearly an alcoholic. Of course. And she says, oh, well, your friend uh, your friend Sharky told me that you're Cactus Jack. And Cactus Jack says, oh, people call me that, but I think they're getting me confused with someone else. Old, uh, old Sharky here's lost his, uh, lost his bearings. He's had a little too much shore leave. Right. Wait. Okay. Whatever that like means. Everything he says is in is in sea metaphors. Right. I really, really don't know how else to put that or what <laughs> jokes to make about that because I do not know why that's the direction they decided to go in. Even if we just stop for a second and say, yep, amnesia, that's what we do with this. <laughs> why the pirate disguise? Why does he... Why does he think he's a sailor now? Just let him be, like, a nice guy who has to learn who he is again, at least. I don't, like... This keeps happening. Like, he has a new girlfriend who he calls Bang Bang. <laughs> which, like... <laughs> yeah. of, course, of course he does. Yeah. Of course like, he calls him Bang Bang. Oh, that's great. I don't even... Well, you know, like, in WCW at the time, that was his thing. Like, he was Mr. Bang Bang. Right. Well, he always... I mean, other than the, right. I mean, other than the like, mankind little thing, thing right? that's always so been Catherine his thing. Catherine White is like, oh, well, yeah, of course you're Cactus Jack. Why right. else would you call her Bang Bang? <laughs> Which, if he doesn't remember he's Cactus Jack, that's not going to help him. But he says, oh, well, Bang Bang here, I call her that because she's got quite a temper, and she's always firing off shots over <laughs> other people's bow, don't you see? 
Oh, man, that's wonderful. I guess that works as a terrible joke. But we're like, we're, we're so far, this is the moment, you know, this is the first time in four weeks that we've heard anyone talk about wrestling or WCW, like at right. all, other than I'm reporting for WCW. She's like, no, no, you're Cactus Jack. You're a pro wrestler for WCW. And I'm like, really? I kind of forgot about that because it's been at least three weeks. We've just been running around with you, haven't seen anything to do with this guy. And now we find him sitting like cross-legged in the middle of an alleyway somewhere, basically just preaching to all these drunk homeless men. Oh, man. Like, we've just, we've so lost the plot and the thread of anything interesting that could possibly happen here. It's terrible. (laughs) Oh, um, uh... (laughs) Well, yeah, that it sounds like we've uh, gone off the rails multiple times. Quite a bit. And here's the thing. like, If this is obvious to us now, looking back on it, you know, 20, 30 years later, uh, it was a lot more obvious to poor Mick Foley, who had taken a powerbomb onto the concrete floor in order to sell this really great, like, hot comeback wrestling angle. And you, like, I, this is dumb. But it can be salvageable, right? Like, maybe there's a moment at the end where he realizes who he is, right? And, oh, my God, I'm Cactus Jack. I'm Mick Foley. This is my wife. Not really my wife, but my storyline wife. This is my little son, Dewey. Right. I can't believe what you did to me, Vader. I'm coming to get you. Like, there's, surely, at the very least, we can just, like, right the ship on this. Backing up for a second, it's become painfully clear to us, in retrospect, that this angle is a bust. Like, I, I Dusty got a little too cute with it. I think he thought it would be, like, kind of funny, and I don't think there was ever really an end game for, like, how we were going to pull this out. Because the way the vignettes end is not with Mick Foley remembering who he is and, like, coming back for this triumphant return to, like, face the evil Vader. Because, like, while this would still be dumb, at least it would make wrestling sense. Right. And you wouldn't have wasted him taking that power bomb. What actually happens is that WCW Brass and, I think, Mick Foley didn't fight them on it, probably asked them, just cut the angle completely. Like, they just, they just stopped airing the vignettes. They pulled the plug and just left it to die, which, you know, is always a weird thing to happen in wrestling when, like, you've seen a thing a week or two in a row and then it just doesn't happen and you're like, ooh, that's not, that's not good. Somebody got in a lot of trouble for that. So the last vignette we ever see from this whole mess is Catherine White has returned, and she brings out Colette and Dewey, and they tearfully beg Cactus Jack to come home. And Cactus Jack's like, I'm sorry, I don't know you. I'd like to, but I just, I, I'm, I'm with Bang Bang now, which is, yeah, not the, not the best line in wrestling history. No. And then they just, you know, they just walk away. And Colette's in tears, and Little Dewey's in tears, and Catherine White just, you know, gets choked up, signing off, reporting from WCW, and then she just breaks down in tears. Like, she can't even finish, because (laughs) this is so serious, you guys. Like, seriously. For real. For real. Oh, man. That's wonderful. I assume that was the last one Dusty filmed, and then they said, you're spending how much a day on this crap? No. No, you're not. And then they were done. And it was never addressed again. Mick Foley, like, he came back 
eventually, and this is kind of where we get off into the weeds a little bit because it is hard to find records of a lot of this stuff. Right. I found the vignettes, but like, you know, later in his career, Mick Foley is wrestling Cactus Jack again. Like, this was in 1993, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, and then he returned from injury, and they wrestled a few times and had some other, you know, really iconic matches. Like, he goes on to have the match where his head gets caught between the ring ropes, right? And he right, has, right, in Japan. tears his head out and tears his ear off, and it's awesome. And it's another little chapter in this installment of, like, this isn't just Cactus Jack, like a kind of cheesy wrestling character. This is Mick Foley, like the hardcore icon who will do right. stupid stuff in order to get your attention. But there's never any, like, triumphant return. There's never a comeback or a moment where he takes the title from Vader, and this is for dropping me on that concrete, you son of a... Like, that That doesn't happen. They just bail. And when he comes <laughs> back, it's not to, like, a ton of fanfare. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, and he's back now, and here he is wrestling. Like, that's it. It's over. <laughs> oh, man. That is, and that's uh, like I found that's I found the, the videos. I found some videos from it. And this is a uh, it's pretty it's pretty I mean I'm not I'm not listening to it obviously, but it's uh, it's pretty uh it's it's um it's exactly the way Harris described it. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we were uh I don't know if I we were when we were off the air, he was looking at this picture and he's like it doesn't even look like him, and it really it doesn't. doesn't. The only way you can even recognize Mick Foley is by the way he talks, which is very, very interesting. And, like, you know, he's got this great cadence to his delivery of everything that just kind of reels you in because he sounds so soft-spoken. Like, I guess, I guess he tried his best, and maybe there's some alternate reality where they're able to, like, reel this angle back in. The fact that this but, reporter started to cry kills me. That's yeah. my favorite part of this whole thing is the fact that she is shedding tears mm. at this whole story. Yeah. That, that's that's an actual reporter there for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. It's very perfect. Well, it's just so heartrending, you know? Oh, yeah. That's, like, that's the thing. Like, we, she, she sells it super well. Like, she is very, very serious. And, like, if there were an actual yeah. serious story she could be looking into, like, I can see a world in which she works, like, really well. Like, she's of cool, course. She's like a Renee Young kind of figure. Mm-hmm. She kind of looks like her a little bit, too. For it. Say that again? As it, well, she looks a little bit like her, too. I mean, different, obviously different time and hairstyle and everything, but... Yeah, I, I but it's like it. it's that kind of role, right? Yeah. You think. Yeah. But it's, it's a shame, man. And you feel kind of bad for Cactus Jack, but not too bad, because you can already kind of start to see, like, the blossomings of, like, what he would become, because he was right. still, you know, pretty early in his career at this point. Mm-hmm. And there's a great, we were talking about, there, there's not a lot of stuff on this out there. Like, most people just kind of tried to forget about it. And I found, like, that little interview with Dusty where he talked about, like, what he was going for and his budget and all that. But there is, there's one great article on Cage Side Seats about this. It's one of the uh, historically significant disasters of wrestling is what they call it. And the reason okay. this guy says that this is historically significant is this is the moment that Mick Foley was really kind of able to start to change and evolve his character. And right after this is when he goes to ECW. And that's where he really starts to kind of become iconic between that and like all the things he suffered in WCW, but before his jump to WWE, this is where he can kind of start to evolve as a character because he's drawing on one, his own frustration and two, the fans frustration at how poorly he's been booked. 
Right. And this is kind of where he starts to evolve that, like, proto Daniel Bryan CM Punk sort of vibe where it's like the fans love him because the bookers don't. And that goes on to be, like, what makes his character so great in ECW. That's what leads to promos like Kane Dewey. That's what leads to, like, the championship runs and stuff that he has in the WWE. Like, it all kind of starts right here. Well, the crazy part is he was all, it was always like that for him. Even even when he jumped and, you know, and was in the WWE, it was still this yeah. horrible booking, don't know what to do with him, so yeah. we're going to make you a schizophrenic and put you in this mask and call you Mankind. Yeah. And he's like, and he made all it right. Work. He's like, all right, I'll do that and I'll get that over. And then they're like, Oh, well, now he's getting over, and we still don't know what to do with him. And then, you know, obviously it culminates with him finally winning the, the title, but, I mean, that was always a problem with Mick Foley. Yeah. But he always, you know, he made it work eventually, and yeah. that's, that's to his eternal credit. He's an incredible performer just for being able to make it sort of work, even something as stupid as this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could, uh... That, that, Stuff like making trying to make stuff like this work is just the probably one of the more impressive things that you see from wrestlers. Yeah, and that's like this is kind of just bringing it full circle while we wrap this up. Like that's what was the most frustrating part about this whole thing. It just got so far removed from any actual wrestling. Like I said, there was never like you know they had other matches, but none that you can point to and be like, oh, that's like the comeback match. You know. Right. Like, yeah. imagine if Champa Gargano went in this direction, and we spent six months tracking Johnny Gargano. Who had while he ame- went through who had amnesia? Like, it, it makes no sense. No, no. <laughs> Only for him to be like, "Oh no, it's uh, it's fine. Let's move on to some other opponent." Yep. Exactly. So I was it, reading. It I was reading that. up. I was looking up stuff with this because I'd never. I didn't know about this. I mean, this I've never heard of it before. Um, Excellent. And uh, apparently it said that at the end of all this, Mick Foley then said he was just faking the whole time <laughs> to to get into Vader's head. That. That's amazing. That, that's, that, I, I don't know. I don't know like, if that's accurate. That's just a thing. When I was reading up on this, it said like that was the ending of it, was him coming back at Clash of Champions and being terrible. like, I did all of this just to throw Vader off. That's that's like saying it was all just a dream. That's all that is. That's incredible. I couldn't find that. If y'all can find video of that somewhere, tweet it to us because I. That's like the last of the videos I could find was just that vignette where she's like, "Oh no, I'm real sad," and like that was it. And then you try to read other stuff, and it's just like, "Oh," and then he had a match here and here and here, and like it never. There's never any moment of resolution to any of it, so that's really funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the things that I, that I read. Let me see, man. See, th- this is again. This this is the prep that you get right here, with mm. uh, um, behind the gorilla. That's for sure. We we have everything all fully researched. You know, we never have to go back and figure stuff up. We always have well, everything mean, everything down. We, we touched on this a little bit, I think, off the air last week. But like, it is. It is kind of hard to dig a lot of this stuff up. Like, all WWE has about it is the video, like, an interview with Dusty, where he talks briefly about, like, what he was trying to do. But there's nothing on YouTube about this. There's, like, a couple of their actual matches. But it's 
it does take a fair amount of research. You got to really dig around and like look on some weird websites to find a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I mean it does. I mean that's why a lot of ours have ended up being just old WCW stuff or WWE stuff because it's just well documented. And you know, yeah. you go back. I mean, I spent two weeks researching the Dusty's Gorilla episode because I couldn't find anything on it. Trying to find footage of those shows and write-ups of them was very, very hard. And so, yeah. like after that, after the first episode, because that's kind of where I wanted to go with it, is some more old stuff. And then I was like, man, this probably isn't going to work every week. Yeah. And then we kind of quickly just went into more kind of WCW stuff. But we still, hey, we still pull out stuff like this, which uh, obviously I'm sure a lot of you guys know about this one, but, like, I didn't know about this one. And I know about most of them. So uh, it was nice to, it was definitely nice to have one that I, that I didn't even know about. Yes, excellent. That's good. Well, you got anything else? That's pretty much it, man. Shouts out to Mick Foley and uh, Dewey and Noel, his daughter. They all seem like lovely people. We actually, I, this is this is not really a promotion for anything. But you know, when I when I was uh, when I was in Barclays for SummerSlam, we did see Noel Foley and Dewey, like in the concourse, just kind of wandering around, and it was super cool. And like, you kind of want to say hi, but like, there's a lot of other people saying hi, and you're like, no, no, play it cool, play it cool, so they think you're cool. So you just kind of like wave at them, and that's it. But yeah, at some point you got you gotta you gotta make the 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 decision whether you want to uh, get get the meet with them or just be nice. It's it's yeah, it's exactly. it's a, exactly. It's kind of one or the other, and sometimes you gotta go for it. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't, if by some miracle you're listening to this podcast <laughs> and haven't checked out Mick Foley's autobiography, Have a Nice Day, absolutely look that up because I. I didn't like reread that for this episode, but mm-hmm. that's one of the other places that I found out about this. And he talks a lot about, you know, his early days in WCW and how a lot of like his creative disappointment fueled what he became in ECW and WCW or WWE. So that's a super interesting read. If you, uh, if you want to check that out, mm-hmm. that's all I got. Yeah. That, that's, that's, uh, it's definitely one of the most famous wrestler books for it. It was one of the first ones. Yeah, and it's a good one too. Like it's, it's all his words. It's not ghostwritten. Like I know a lot of times when WWE like releases a book, you're like, oh, okay, so this is going to be like a lot of company sanctioned like crap written by someone else with this person's name put on it. It's really not. Like he's very explicit in his foreword that like all of this is quite literally me. And if something like doesn't make a lot of sense or is unclear or is you know tangential or it doesn't seem well written, I just want you to know that like. I felt like these words should be my own, which is really cool and not something you get from a lot of like autobiographies, you know? Yeah. No, oh, yeah, definitely. Especially with, especially, yeah, especially in uh, the world of wrestling, the world of wrestling. I was thinking about this the other day cause I, I just got into listening to Eric Bischoff's pod podcast with Conrad Thompson. 83 weeks is such a good podcast, but it's like wrestling is the weirdest thing where, Nobody really has any idea whatever is going on. Like, I mean, like, as fans, because the whole business, you know, is this big work. But, and so even behind the scenes, you have no idea what's true at all. There's no way. Like, uh, because everyone has this agenda and everyone sees everything differently. 
and you don't know who to believe, and there's no way, like, you know, nothing's written down, like, there's no way to, to know most of that stuff, and so yeah. it's, it's one of the only things where you really have no idea how stuff actually played out, and you just kind of got to go with whoever you think is right. Yeah. Which is really weird, because there's, no, there's nothing else like that, not to that level. I mean, I get it, though. Like, that's kind of what a lot of wrestling fans love about it, is that you can keep talking about it. You can always be speculating about it. There's always something new, you know? Like, talking about, oh, is that a work or a shoot? That's, like, half of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is that is part of it. So that that's, I guess, part of the fun if, if, is one way to look at it, for sure. Well, I guess that's it. Unless you that's have anything else you want to... You want to throw in? So I guess um, I'm on the clock for next week, and I gotta come up with uh, gotta come up with something. And yeah, you do gotta top that. Yeah, yeah, I do. I gotta I gotta top that now. So that that's a pretty that's a pretty high bar. That that's that's a very very solid topic for the show for sure. Um, and I I got I got my list of uh of topics, and I got I gotta pick one of them and see see oh, where man. it goes because I constantly try and keep a list of running topics. That we yeah. can do. Just whenever I see stuff, I write it down. I'm like, oh, that would work as a topic. So, and then it's just a matter of us overlapping, which so far we've never done. So, yeah, well, I think spacing it out the way we do has helped a lot. Like having all the times we've had to double up recording, we've like told each other ahead of time what we were doing, so that didn't happen. Yeah, that's true. Which we've only had to do that like once or twice. So, yeah, which is nice. And y'all don't know, thanks to the magic of technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, so uh, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Um, big shout out to David Arquette for being our <laughs> patron saint and for following us on Twitter. And uh, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can do it at behind underscore gorilla. Uh, you, or you could follow my Twitter page at Marky Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Send us any uh, questions, comments, uh anything you want us to talk about suggestions we're always down for uh, suggestions tell us what what you guys think of the episodes what you guys want to hear us you know talk more about definitely always looking for feedback for sure so yeah that's uh that's about it and um i'm mark and for harris we'll uh, talk to you guys next week mm-hmm.